Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Truth point number one says to us that God is long-suffering. He is patient with the spiritually lost. But repeated indifference and or rejection will bring a divine fork in the road that demands a life-altering decision. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's beginning that process. His ministry now is moving more and more to that fork in the road that demands that people decide. Messiah, imposter. Those are the only two choices. Now, as we move into the parable, we find that the parable has three major subjects. There's a sower, there is seed, and there is soil. The people he's talking to on this day are well-schooled in agriculture. So the concept of sowing seed and, and understanding that some of it would fall on ground that was unproductive and would not yield fruit, that was not something they didn't already understand. And so as Jesus uses this agricultural uh, illustration, uh, everyone that he was talking with would be able to at least track along with that thought. Perhaps as Jesus gave the parable, some were even thinking about their own experience of sowing seed and how some of it didn't do very good here and didn't do very good there, but in this other place it did really well. And they were thinking to themselves, well, you know, Jesus' story here, it's very true. I, I can really relate to that. But there's something here that I want you to see, something that is, is quite interesting. I want you to take note this morning that Jesus tells the parable to the masses, but he does not explain its meaning to the masses. The story that Jesus tells honestly could have any number of meanings. And by not defining it, he leaves the crowd to their own devices to ascertain what he is wanting to get across. Now, given that Jesus does not provide the meaning, is it not fascinating that none from the crowd, none from the masses came to him seeking understanding. Not one person from the crowd approaches Jesus to inquire. And that leaves me thinking that there are two possible reasons why they didn't do that. The first one I've labeled simply this, interested personal interpretation. Interested personal interpretation. I'm sure that as people were, were leaving that gathering, that there were many who were interested in decoding what Jesus meant. And they were probably very focused and perhaps even heated in debate about which interpretation would be the right one. They had an interest. But at the end of the day, they just kind of chalk it up to this. That's a nice story about sowing seeds and soil. What does it mean? Well, I think it means this. You think it means that? You know, that's okay. Maybe next Sabbath day, they'll print it in the bulletin at the synagogue and they'll tell us uh, what it actually meant. So there were those who were interested in understanding, but they weren't interested enough to go to him. They were just dealing with it amongst themselves as they walked away. We know that there were those who were there who were disinterested. They had no interest and they were in rejection. In other words, they didn't care what it meant because they weren't there to learn anything from Jesus. They were there only to find out if they could find something in his teaching, something in his lifestyle that they could use to discredit him. Two different groups of people. At the end of the day, however, 
neither group is really very concerned about what Jesus is saying because neither group takes the time nor makes the effort to find out. But there was one group who was truly interested, and that is his disciples. And I think that when we see the word disciples there, it's not just talking about the 12, but it's talking about those women that we we, we encountered last week in in the text and probably others who were not in the inner circle, but were kind of tagging along and, and floating along with his entourage. They wanted to know what it meant. So they come asking Jesus what it means. And he assures them that understanding the secrets of the kingdom of God has been granted to them. They come asking and Jesus says, hey, I want you to know that God has granted to you the ability to understand. But notice what else he says to those who are just dabbling with it and to those rejecting the secrets of the kingdom of God will stay hidden. So Jesus goes forward now to tell us what his parable means. We don't have to guess. He begins by telling us that the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Well, wait a minute. Now, hold up. Before the word of God, before the seed, wasn't there a sower? Huh? Wasn't there someone sowing the seed? Didn't he come first or she come first? How come Jesus isn't talking about the sower? Why is he going directly to the seed? I'll tell you why. Truth point number two, because the identity of the sower is completely irrelevant. That's why. He doesn't talk about the sower because the sower is irrelevant. Anyone sharing God's word about his plan for the redemption and restoration uh, of that which was lost is the sower. I'm a sower. If you're a believer in Christ and you share the message of the gospel with others, you're a sower. Jesus was a sower. So the sower is anyone. And really, so then the identity is pretty much irrelevant. The sower is identified by what he's doing or she's doing in casting the seed into the soil. You know, despite being called, and it is popularly referred to as the the parable of the sower, uh, it's not about a sower at all. This would be better titled the parable of the soils because that is where the attention really falls. Speaking of soils, he tells us what the soil is. The soil is the heart, the human heart. It is the heart of of those in whom the seed is sown. And Jesus teaches that, that like soil, not every heart is ready to receive the seed. And so he goes from there to define four heart conditions that exist among humanity. And this is where I just have to stop again and say, I hope you'll listen carefully because this is so important. The first heart condition he identifies, I'm calling the hardened heart. Jesus talks about those who are like the hardened pathways that farmers would traverse as they would sow the seed in their field and as they would go back and tend to it. He says that when the seed of the gospel lands on hardened hearts, the devil can easily steal it away because the hardness prevents the seed from from gaining entry into the heart so that they may believe. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the the scribes of the law certainly fit that description. Their hearts were so hard to Jesus and his message that literally his teaching had no chance to penetrate and change their life. This brings me to truth point number three. Often it is not the atheists, the atheist whose heart is impenetrable, but the religionist. Would you think about that for a minute? 
I think we would tend to say, oh, it's the atheist, it's the agnostic. Well, they certainly have hard hearts, that's true, but, but really, I don't think their hearts are the hardest hearts. The hardest hearts are the religious people who think that their good works have already made them right with God. And so for the religionists, the thought of a faith-filled repentance, just it just doesn't make any sense. And what we've got to realize is this, that the realities of the gospel are not discerned through moralistic works of religion, but exclusively through the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Religionists. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, The natural person, the unbelieving person, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly or they are foolish to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. A yieldedness, a willing to hear and, and be moved by the Spirit is required to understand the message. So we find the hardened heart. The second one we find here is what I'm calling the shallow, shallow heart. The shallow heart. You know, during my years of pastoral ministry, I've encountered numerous people who fall under this description. So I thought back on them. This, this was what came to me, that people who are of this type, they seem to come out of the gate very fast. Having heard the gospel, they just, they just went, wow, okay, let me have some of that. And they come out with an exuberant joy. And they tend to begin to want to make a lot of spiritual commitments very fast. They want to be at the center of everything that is going on. The problem is that for many of them, they cool down And they fall away as fast as they heat it up in their profession of faith. Truth point number four tells us that one of the marks of a true believer is perseverance. Perseverance is a mark of a true believer. A true believer's faith is not necessarily a speedy boil, but a slow simmering endurance. You know, it's very distressing to see someone profess faith and fall away. To see them say, either with their mouth or with their actions, that they no longer have interest in the things of Christ. And we, we shake our head when that happens and we wonder, what's happening? We're beginning to see a lot of that today. Finding stories of past who are renouncing their faith. I don't get it. The Apostle John gives us a clue. He writes in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that all are not of us. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4 says, For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13, Jesus said, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. What does that mean? Well, let me be clear about something. It is not the act of holding firm or enduring to the end that brings salvation. That's not the way it works. But saving grace generates a confidence. And saving grace will generate an endurance in those it dwells. There is a depth to God's children, a depth that will persevere from this life to the next. It's not to say that believers won't be beaten and battered and find themselves doubting and fearful and go from pillar to post and up and down. We'll experience that. 
But through that, we will hold on to Christ. Because in our hearts, we've come to know that he is the one. It's kind of like Peter. You know, there was a time when Jesus, and we may come to it here pretty soon, I think we are, where Jesus begins to really turn up the heat and he says, you know what, if you want to follow me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people, it says right here in scripture, they understood he was not speaking literally, but he was speaking figuratively. And it says that the masses just said, man, that is crazy. That is just too much commitment. And they walked away and Jesus looked at his disciples and said, well, are you going to go with them? And I'm sure that Peter was going, oh, he was confused as much as anybody else. But he looks at Jesus and he says, well, where would we go? You alone have the words of life. Man, I can tell you in my own life, I've been there. I have been in that place where it was like, I'm like half a step from falling off the cliff. And I would have, except for this. That, that that scripture just kept coming back to me and I would say, and I would reason through it and I would try to figure it out and I couldn't figure it out. But at the end of the day, I would just say, well, Jesus, I could go somewhere else. I could do something else. I could throw my Bible in the trash and walk on, but where would I go? Because I know there's not truth elsewhere. So you have the words of life. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.